season two of the JKR podcast powered by Black Cobra Sports. My name is Jay Shriglin and I'm the host. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. JKR Podcast. My name is Jay Strickland. I'm the host. Today we've got a guy who's making a ton of noise in the Fort Wayne baseball community. We've got Logan Weening on the show, currently working for PFW amongst uh, within their athletic department. He is the CEO of Old Fort Baseball Company. He started here about a year ago. Today we discuss his job he had with the Fort Wayne Manans for a couple years straight out of college and even uh, within his college days. Talk about his current job at PFW, what he does for the athletic department. Also talk about some PFW baseball. Uh, we also talk about how he started Old Fort Baseball, what, what went on amongst the process, and what his vision is for the future. Just dig into his entire career so far. So let's dig in. I hope you guys enjoy it. And welcome back to the JKR Podcast. Today we have Old Four Baseball CEO Logan Weening on the show. Logan, super pumped to have you on. I know it's been a little bit in the works. How are you doing today? Good. Thanks for having me on today, Jace. Hey, of course. I always always enjoy having the Fort Wayne people coming on the show. Yeah. But uh, one, one question I always like to ask everybody as soon as they come on the podcast. For those who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself? You know, I think in the, the sports context here um, – definitely a very passionate person when it comes to the work I do in sports. Um, you know, as I'm, I know we'll get into a little bit, it's been a variety of different aspects, but it's also led me into more of an entrepreneurial, um, aspect with old Fort baseball. Um, but definitely I give a lot into these, um, different things and get real, real, um, dedicated to them and passionate. Yeah. So obviously old Fort baseball, that's the way that we've connected, but let's, yeah. let's move it back. Let's talk about the Fort Wayne Madans when you worked for them. Obviously you worked there for four years. Looks like off LinkedIn, you had three or four different job titles. So how'd you get connected with the Madans? And then could you kind of go through for the listeners, what different job titles that you had? Yeah. So um, I actually started there as an intern. Um, my senior year of high school, I had played basketball basically my whole life. Um, then my senior year of high school, I just had kind of got burnt out on playing the game. Um, just didn't really want to do that again um, through my senior year and go through the whole summer of travel and all of that as well. Um, so I, my time quickly opened up. I had not ever had time on my hands before when you're playing, uh, you know, travel ball in the summer, you're gone every weekend and practicing how many nights a week and all of that. Uh, so I kind of just on a whim um, emailed Jeff Potter, who was the uh, owner and president of the Mad Ants at the time, I was just kind of seeing if there was any opportunities to get involved, volunteer, intern sort of thing. Um, and he passed me along to the person who was doing marketing um, there at the time. And she said, sure, come on in. So I went in and talked with her and ended up kind of game nights doing basic stuff, you know helping with the merchandise stand, kind of carrying things around, helping set up, helping tear down, um, basic stuff like that. Uh, did that through my senior year. Um, then the next year, 
uh, I started my freshman year at Ball State, um, did that. Then when I came home for uh, Thanksgiving break, they actually texted me and were kind of short bodies, asked if I would come um, help out and realized that there was a spot for me there. Uh, so I ended up transferring back to um, IPFW at the time uh, and going to school there at home and interning with the Mad Ants. Um, so I was an intern off, you know, for about two, three seasons, um, then started full-time doing ticket sales, uh, group sales, sponsorship sales, that sort of thing. Um, and it kind of transitioned more into a marketing and game operations um, role where I was, you know, in charge of on-court promotions and uh, all of that sort of in-game atmosphere stuff. And then also all of our, you know, advertising and stuff like that. Yeah. So how, how long were you in the ticket sales part of the business? Um, once I started, it probably ended up about four years total. Um, we were a very small office. There was only about seven of us there. Um, so we were, even when I was, that was not my main goal. I still had some accounts and still had some groups that I handled. Um, so I did it for, for quite a while. Yeah. Yeah. So you say you worked for marketing and then game day operations and did some of the on-court promotions, say in game. So what was probably your favorite, your favorite in-game promotion that you were a part of? You know, the one, there were a lot, a lot of fun things that we used to do. The one that's a story I always tell people just because it sticks out in my mind was, you know, we'd bring in national halftime acts, the kind of people that you see on TV, you see on America's Got Talent, um, a lot of those kind of people. But the one that always sticks out to me was the time we had Rubber Man. Um, and I wasn't really sure what to expect. I knew, you know, he'd been himself and was kind of a contortionist. Um, but about a minute until halftime, the guy walks out with this uh, trunk that he had brought in and walked up to me and one of our interns and said, all right, when the buzzer goes off, I am going to hop in the box and you're going to take me out to center court. And then when I'm done, I'll get back in the box and you carry me off. And that was what we did. We lugged this guy out to center court and he, you know, pried himself out of the box and then fed himself through tennis rackets and all sorts of things like that. And then we carried him back off. Um, yeah. So that was definitely an interesting, an interesting one. Yeah. So besides those on-court promotions that you guys had in game, uh, what are some other things that the marketing game, the operations jobs entail for the Mad Ants? You know, for us, it was uh, a full setup teardown of the arena. As far as, you know, we were, playing at the Memorial Coliseum in Fort Wayne, which is a shared venue. Um, we shared it with the hockey team and with Purdue Fort Wayne basketball. And, you know, they have concerts and stuff come in. So we were in there setting up signage and things, you know, 8 a.m. on game days, things like that. Um, but then, you know, it was all ranging from, you know, writing game scripts for the PA announcer um, things like that. And then getting all the props together for, you know, the mascot and the dance team. And we introduced a drum line uh, in the last couple of years I was there, um, all of that, but then, you know, doing some of the more traditional advertising things with social media ads and billboards and um, print radio, TV, all that kind of stuff too. Yeah. So let's talk about your job and just ticket sales, sponsorship sales. Um, let's dig into that a little bit more. 
So obviously here at IU, like there's sports, the sports management program is technically the number four sports management program in the nation. So we've got a, quite a bit of students with each class that are going into sport, going into sports management in some shape or form. And sales is a big part of that. So for any of those people listening, what would probably be some of your advice that you'd give to people going into the sports sales world? Yeah, I'm probably very non-traditional in my thought with that is, and working in a smaller organization, it's much more relationship based. And I mean, it's that way, even if you're at a major league team or an NFL team or anything like that. But for me, the thing I really tried to focus on was spending my time with people who we could really build a relationship and build events and build, um, you know, build the relationship between the team and the organization or the group. Um, You know, whether it was youth basketball teams that we spent time working on how to put together clinics for their, um, for their kids during the week. And then they'd come out to a game or dance groups that would come out and perform at halftime or nonprofits that would hold, um, pregame events and bring in a speaker or things like that. Um, because that to me was where there was more benefit for your time. Um, you're able to get those people and then they come back and they, you know, they do some of the selling for you. Uh, you've got a lot of groups that way that once they get some buy-in into the team, not only are they going to buy tickets for their night, but they're going to, you know, do some advertising for you in the community. You know, when you get those people that are then posting on LinkedIn saying we had a great event at, you know, at a Mad Ants game, you know, that gives you ground to then go to other people in the community and say, look what we did for this organization. Yeah. You know, and things like that. Of course. Um, So that was where I tried to spend a lot of my time versus, you know, just cold calling um, things like that is, was definitely more on the relationship building aspect. Yeah, of course. I think, I mean, obviously me trying to be an agent, I believe that relationships are one of the most prized things in sports being in the sports business world. So I completely agree with you there, but um, just obviously you were there for four years. So just looking back at your time with the man, what are probably some of your favorite things that you were able to accomplish? You know, for me, starting as a, as a high school student and then being able to leave with a full-time job, you know, by the, before I graduated college, um, you know, I was able to get involved with so many different things. Um, you know, whether it was, you know, buying and doing media placement or selling tickets or working with national halftime acts, coordinating those to come in, Um, you know, we hosted NBA uh, D league final games. We won a championship. So we were able to, you know, work with incoming like CBS sports network coming in to produce those games. Um, you know, working with, once the Pacers took over the team, working with the NBA side on, um, some marketing aspects and things like that. Uh, we also rebranded in the time that I was there going, we changed our colors and all of that to more align with the Pacers when they bought the team. Um, so being able to kind of oversee that from a marketing side, it just provided a lot of good experiences for me that I think I've been able to take on and, um, you know, have a base knowledge for a lot of different areas of the sports business. So with this managed job, you obviously left there in 2018. So how did this lead to your current job with Purdue Fort Wayne? Yeah. So I, when I left the Mad Ants, I took a job at a nonprofit in town. Um, 
just doing kind of graphic design work. Uh, and it was, you know, it was something different. I kind of, at that point wanted to try something outside of sports just to see, um, what else was out there. Uh, cause I obviously had been in sports basically since I was 18 and I was 22 at that point. So I didn't want to like just do sports forever and never see something else. Um, but when I was working at the nonprofit, um, our old president at the Mad Ants had actually given my name to the athletic director at Purdue Fort Wayne. So she had reached out when the marketing position in the athletic department there opened up. Um, so it kind of came from the Mad Ants in a, in a way. Um, but yeah, when I talked to her, I immediately kind of fell in love with that position and the, the role there and was very interested to, to take it on. Yeah. So you're, you're what you're the fan engagement and marketing coordinator, coordinator, correct? Yep. So what, so what all does that job entail for you at this moment? You know, it's, it's very similar uh, to what I did at the Mad Ants. It's a different scale as to, you know, we're doing a full department where we've got, you know, how much, so many sports. Um, but it's the same type of things where I'm doing all of our, you know, external marketing, any internal marketing pieces, um, doing game production. Um, but we, the sports that we really focus on with those are the, are men's and women's volleyball and men's and women's basketball. Um, but, but yeah, it's very similar. Um, we do a lot more internally, I think, uh, in a college athletic department, because you're doing stuff on campus, you're doing things to help improve the student athlete experience. Um, not every sport is the goal to draw thousands of people to games like at the Mad Ants, where our main goal that we did was to bring revenue in and engage the community, um, where that's obviously important to us, um, at PFW, but it's not the end all be all for everybody in the department and for every sport necessarily. Yeah. So you said right now with it being springtime, spring sports going on, baseball, softball, those sports aren't, are those type of sports that maybe not as many people go to in terms of maybe volleyball, basketball. So you're kind of like, you're still busy, but you're not as busy as what you are in that volleyball, basketball season. So when does that, when does that schedule start ramping back up for you? Yeah, it really, it kind of hits quick about the beginning of August um, when teams start coming back and we start soccer season starts, volleyball starts around Labor Day. Um, but we're usually in a position where we don't get schedules finalized until pretty late. Um, so it kind of is a hurry up and wait point of view is like we can plan promotions, we can plan ideas, I can get graphic templates ready um, for social stuff. Um, for posters and that sort of thing. But until the kids get there, we get their photo days done. We get final schedules. We get game times. Um, you can't really get those projects to the finish line. So it gets to about August and that stuff starts to really hit, um, you know, and you're kind of wrapping up some of those things you've been planning for a while, um, getting the ball rolling there. But then also you have some lead time for basketball, which is our biggest sport. Yeah. So are you involved with the baseball team at all then? Yeah, to an extent. Um, with them, I really try to help them out on a social media uh, aspect purely because, you know, baseball in the Midwest, especially college baseball, very few games are played at the time that they're scheduled or the day that they're scheduled. Um, we, our field is, doesn't have lights. 
the drainage is not the greatest. So if it rains really hard on a day, the games are kind of in flux and you'll play randomly, you know, push a game up two hours to try to get it in before it starts to rain and things like that. So really trying to push fans to those games is not a huge focus for me um, and our department, just because logistically we don't want to put a lot of money into trying to get people to things that who knows if it's going to be 30 degrees and snowing or if they're going to play. Um, so I really try to focus my effort for them onto their social media um, yeah. and our coaching staff now is really big on that. Um, our assistant coach is really good about shooting me ideas of, Hey, this guy is, you know, leading the league in home runs right now. Could we get a social media graphic for that? Or, um, you know, we've, when they were getting their non-conference schedule, he was really pushing their, they have a lot of big 10 opponents and big, uh, ranked teams on their schedule. So really wanting to push that out to recruits and stuff like that. So yeah. that's where I, mean, I focus more of my effort. I mean, that big 10 schedule, I mean, they went and beat Michigan. Michigan's one of the best teams yeah. in the Midwest beat them a couple of weeks ago. So definitely that your guys' baseball team is pretty solid. You guys got some solid prospects coming in that I've, I've followed pretty well these past couple of years. Looks like you might have a pretty solid team coming in these next uh, few seasons. Yeah, it's definitely been fun. Um, you know, being able to watch them, be a much more competitive team this year um you know and they've they've put up a good fight against some really really strong teams um in our conference and even in those non-conference games you know going down to IU and taking a 10-run loss to a good IU team is not a bad it's not a bad thing um and it's really helped them I think prepare for league play for sure I'm sure so talking about baseball, let's move on to Old Fort Baseball, the, the yeah. re- reason that we connected here six, seven months ago. So Old Fort Baseball, you're the CEO, you're running that right now. So where did the idea for Old Fort Baseball come from? Yeah, so I've always been a huge baseball fan and just a sports geek in general. Um, and also as a graphic designer, I always have ideas and things floating around in my head. Uh, and I've always kind of had an entrepreneurial spirit and, you know, thrown ideas around and wanted to come up with a project. I really follow a lot of, um, you know, companies and brands that are very local based or sports based both. Um, and always kind of wanted to find that thing for me that would, I'd be able to create that was more for the you know, for the general consumption and, you know, for the public and just kind of started working on some ideas as far as doing some things locally based with baseball. Um, Fort Wayne's got a really rich baseball history. And one thing I always notice is Fort Wayne's, you know, grown so much in the past 10 years. Uh, There's a lot of pride in the city when you go into any local shops or go to the local farmer's market, you see tons of Fort Wayne merchandise, um, you know, shirts and hats and stickers and all those sort of things, but there's never anything sports related. Um, And I, that was kind of, I felt a calling as that was a niche that there are so many sports fans and sports is such an important part of Fort Wayne for that not to be something that I ever saw. Um, So I kind of just saw that opportunity and have had, tried to capitalize on that yeah so why baseball is it because the history of Fort Wayne baseball or or what exactly was the reasoning because I know you said basketball was a sport you played growing up so what was the reasoning for the the baseball side of things yeah I think 
Fort Wayne, the baseball history is big. Um, and I think I've just always been very passionate about baseball. Uh, I've played baseball growing up too, just not into high school. Um, but, you know, looking at some of the historical teams and things like that and how big the tin caps are in this community, uh, that was just kind of where I started. You know, I think if on a different day, I could have had a different idea and it could have gone more broad or down a different road. But I think there's a much broader and older history in baseball uh, in this community and just kind of in the country as a whole. Yeah. So when did the idea for Old Fort Baseball come across your mind? And then what was that process from those beginning thoughts all the way up to you producing your first uh, shirt design? Yeah, it really started about a year ago, probably Memorial Day-ish last year. Uh, we were on vacation in Arizona and I took a sketchbook with me, which I normally don't do, but I happened to bring one um, on vacation with me and just kind of started drawing out some logo ideas, uh, you know, and playing around with some names for this hypothetical company or t-shirt design or whatever. Uh, and started as I was drawing, you know, normally I come up with ideas for projects or things like that. You sketch around with it for a little bit, throw it on the computer, and eventually you just hit a dead end. And I'm like, this isn't, this isn't a thing. I'm not going to proceed with this anymore. Um, which is just normal for, you know, creative people to try things out and play with ideas. And this one, I just kept developing and kept developing um, with the logo and got to a point where I started showing it to some people and kind of getting some feedback where people thought, you know, I talked to my wife and she was like, yeah, this is really cool. I could see people, you know, wanting to buy this. Uh, so I kind of just took a chance and started to keep building out some of the other ideas that had been sitting in my head and uh, just took a chance on it. Yeah. So, I mean, you have some very unique designs for your t-shirts. Obviously they're all Fort Wayne history based, but mm -hmm. what are probably some of your favorite designs? And then what was your thought process going into just sketching out this design all the way up until, you know what, I'm actually going to actually going to launch this shirt. Yeah. Uh, I think some of the stuff I really enjoy of the earlier stuff that I've done is, you know, the Fort Wayne Daisy stuff. Um, that's a team that that's one of the teams that in the community, I think there is a pretty decent base knowledge of, um, you know, because of a league of their own and the movie and all that, while that team wasn't featured in it, there's enough people in the community that you always hear, Oh, well, my aunt's friend or my grandma's sister or whoever, like, played for the daisies or knew the daisies um, somehow. And they're a team that never really had a distinct brand or logo, partially just because it was, you know, the forties and fifties and that's not how things went at that time. But uh, they really were represented more by the city crest or seal. Um, so that gave me an opportunity to kind of create a brand for them in a modern day sense. So that was really fun to be able to kind of bring that uh, into the present a little bit. Yeah. So are there any launches you got coming, uh, coming soon for old Fort baseball in terms of t-shirt wise, shirt wise, uh, hat wise. Yeah. yeah I'm uh, working on some new ideas. Definitely. I have a lot of things kind of written down on lists of things I want to do. I'm working with uh, local little league 
um, that by the time this comes out, their opening day is actually this Friday. Uh, so I did some uh, specific designs for them um, that they're going to be able to sell kind of as a fundraiser uh, at their starting with their opening day, but, you know, really trying to provide this league, especially, um, you know, unique designs and brands and help them promote themselves a little bit uh, as opposed to the normal, you know, what I'm sure you had and what I had growing up doing little league where it was basically just a generic, you know, stock image that they threw your little league's name on and ran some cheap t-shirts and they were fine. You washed them once the image came off and the shirt shrunk and that was it. Um, so really trying to build connections in the local community with organizations like that. Uh, Cause I think from a historical point of view, eventually I'm going to hit a wall, you know, where you've, you've tapped into all the history that you can find or create out of thin air. Um, so kind of trying to build into the future and build those connections with the present baseball communities is definitely something I'm wanting to, to focus on. Yeah. So you talk about the little league, are there any other collaborations you got going on right now? I know coach Austin Snyder for the sluggers. He's talked about working with mm-hmm. you in the past. So are there any other collaborations you got in the mix right now? Yeah. Uh, the sluggers is one, um, I've talked with Austin before and we've looked at doing some stuff. I know timing things got real crazy over there. Um, so we haven't fully pulled the trigger on anything. Um, but I have a couple high schools that I've talked to about, you know, coming up with some logos and designs for them. Um, kind of sticking into that fundraiser niche for these schools where we want to be able to promote schools. And I, really look through social media and find teams that, you know, teams and programs that are very active on social media and really try to do a good job branding themselves um, and touch base with them. Uh, So those are a couple that I've got coming up. Um, And then there's just some other, some other little things that are kind of in the back of my mind, as far as local businesses that I might try to reach out with um, and connect with. But uh you know, and then there's some other historical things that I have kind of in my mind and want to um, start messing with to try to bring some of those old teams to life that people might not remember. Yeah. Well, you're also connected with a few guys who are playing pro ball right now who are from the Fort Wayne area. Obviously, Hayden Jones, who I've had on the podcast. I believe the other one is it Garrett Schnunko? Shanley, yep. Shanley? Garrett Shanley, yeah. Okay. Yep. So when you're working with those pro ball players, what all does it entail? Um, are you, are they brand ambassadors or are you creating designs for them? So what exactly does that entail when you're working with those, those pro ball players? Yeah. So Hayden really reached out early on and kind of was just asking if, if we had a brand ambassador program, you know, and how he could get involved, that sort of thing. And it was early on where I hadn't even, you know, thought of that really, and was definitely interested. So I, got him set up, you know, where he's got a link that he's able to share through social media and do that sort of thing. And I sent him some shirts um, and hats when he was out in Arizona uh, in the complex league last year. Um, You know, and he started posting stuff on his social media and I saw like my web traffic just pick up. It's funny because my phone pings every time somebody goes to the site and the second he 
got involved, I started getting things from Arizona constantly. So it was like all of his teammates and people out there, you know, checking out what he was involved with. Um, so that was kind of what clicked for me of the importance of these, you know, those kind of partnerships. So, but really he's just been great about, um, you know, sharing posts on social media. Uh, and then Garrett, him and Garrett are really good friends. Um, and they, I reached out to them during the off season and kind of said, Hey, what are you guys doing in town? I'd love to connect with you guys, get some pictures. Um, so I went out to a local, uh, it's called the Ash center where they have some indoor batting cages and indoor football fields and stuff. Um, and they were out doing a workout, doing some hitting and, uh, Garrett was getting a bullpen in and I took some stuff out there and they were, you know, wearing some gear and got some pictures and video and stuff of them, um, to kind of build my, my, uh, photo library and that sort of thing. And, um, you know, I think down the road, there's definitely a lot of opportunities to grow that with them and, you know, with some personal branding and that sort of thing for sure. Yeah. I mean, Fort Wayne, I mean, it seems like every couple of years they're producing guys who are playing pro ball, at least somewhere. So, I mean, Fort Fort Wayne's a great area for that. Um, you say personal branding. So are you talking about maybe them having like their own personal old Fort shirts that have their own designs on them? Yeah, definitely. That's definitely something I, uh, you know, I'm interested in and think that there'll be a time when, when they might be interested in that, you know, even if it's just them wanting to run some camps in town or things like that, uh, you know, you see it obviously now with NIL deals in college where you've got guys, I know there's a store in Indianapolis just called the shop um, that I follow on social media and have gotten some stuff from, and they do a lot of really cool NIL type stuff with IU players, Purdue players, uh, even some like ball state football players, uh, things like that with personal brand, as far as like their image and their name and nicknames and stuff like that. So that's definitely something I'd like to get into at some point uh, yeah. working with those guys and building, building their brands in the community. Cause I think there is a little bit of a, a lack of knowledge from the general public in Fort Wayne about some of these guys that are playing at the pro level that aren't, you know, your Josh Van Meter and Kevin Kiermeyer and McKinstry and the guys who are actually at the major league level right now. Uh, but, you know, getting some of these guys on the ground level and following their, their path up to the majors is something I would like to be able to, to definitely help bring more to light. Yeah. So talking about, you talked about NIL there for a couple of minutes. So are you planning on any time in the future working with some of these college athletes? I know that you mentioned last week that there were some things going on with you working at PFW that maybe you couldn't, but is there anything in the future that you're planning on working with some college athletes for NIL? Yeah, it's definitely something I am very interested in and would like to do. Uh, I've had some conversations briefly with uh, my friend who's our uh, one of our compliance people at school about, you know, I have to be a little careful with that, just being an employee of an athletic department as far as getting involved with students that are at other institutions and things like that, uh, even though I'm not directly related with the baseball program. Um, but it's something I think if I had a more serious opportunity or, you know, somebody really approached me where I could look into it a little more than I have, but, but yeah, it's definitely something I would have an interest in, especially with, um, you know, that, 
that's just going to keep growing and growing. And yeah. I know that's something you're very passionate about. You do a lot of, a lot of work in that area right now. Yeah. So I got one last question for you. Before it off. Yeah. So obviously we're heading to the heart of baseball season, um, heading into the second half of 2022. So what are some of your future plans you've got for the company at this moment going on in your head? You know, I think uh, I really just want to keep building on the relationships with, uh, you know, with Hayden, with Garrett, with the little league that I've been working with, you know, and finding other groups like that uh, to collaborate with, to really help grow the brand recognition in the community. Um, And then focus on, I'd like to get some more physical presence. Um, I'm looking into doing like the farmer's market in town that, you know, farmer's market, this is a, it's a loose term for a farmer's market. It's more of a maker's market where there's a lot of, you know, people with crafts and art and that sort of thing. Um, you know, doing some stuff there, uh, you know, building more designs and creating more designs is always something I'm going to want to work on. Um, but at a certain point, I just want to start growing the recognition for the company and for the brand, I think, in the community, because yeah. that's yeah. that's where it's going to really take off. Yeah. Well, like I said, I mean, when I have this camp coming up here in this winter that I'm working on right now, I mean, I want you to be my guy. So. Yeah, definitely. So, all right, Logan, that's all the questions I got for you. Um, I really thank you for coming on the show. I love what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, just Fort Wayne baseball as a whole. Love following your uh, just your your path so far with old Fort baseball. So um, thank you for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. And I look forward to following you from here on out. Definitely. Thanks for having me, Jace. Of course. And that's going to do it for another episode of the JKR podcast. I'd really like to thank Logan for coming on the show today. That's going to do it for another week of the podcast. Just another great week. A lot of great content being thrown out there. I'm really excited to see how Old Fort Baseball grows these next couple years. Logan's already done a great job overall his just first year in the business. I'm really excited to see what goes on year two, three, four, five, and beyond that. I'm really excited to work with him in the future, like I said. Really great company, so that's going to be great to see. Uh, Next week's not finalized yet, but I can guarantee we've got former St. Louis Cardinal former New York Met. We got Andrew Brown coming on the show today. I mean, sorry, coming on the show next week. Um, So I'm really excited to see that. I'm really excited to see how you guys think about him. Um, He's actually going to be the first player on the podcast who has actually played in the major leagues before. Obviously, we've got a lot of guys who have that major league potential. We'll probably play in the majors here these next couple years. But Andrew will be the first guy to actually play in the major leagues before coming on the podcast. So that's pretty cool. Um, to find out who the other guests are going to be next week, like I said, it's not completely finalized yet. But to go check those out, go check out our social media and our website. It's going to be www.jkrpodcast.com. And then for that social media, it's going to be at jkr underscore podcast. So check those out. See who the other guests are besides Andrew. And I hope to catch you guys next week.